This podcast episode is powered by Afropods, the world's number one podcasting platform for African stories. Um, so welcome to uh, another episode of the Startup Show by the Kenyan Wall Street. Uh, my name is Eric Jackson, your host. Uh, as always, and uh, today I have uh, Caritas, who's the CEO of Kula. Welcome to the show, Caritas. Uh, Thank you for having me. My name is Caritas. I'm one of the co-founders and the CEO of Kula. Yes. Thank you. Uh, maybe just to start us off, uh, could you just uh, tell us about what Kula is and what you guys are doing? Kula is a, it's an agri-tech startup. Um, we are build solutions for the agricultural value chain. We are extremely passionate about agriculture Um, and we are quite unique in the sense that we're not a a single platform tech startup. So it's Mm -hmm. almost like we've kind of got three businesses in one. That's why we use the word kind of cooler ecosystem. And we've taken that approach because we've we've seen a lot of tech solutions um, try to get into agriculture and Mm -hmm. quite often they fail because the uniqueness of agriculture is that usually when you're trying to solve one problem, you get undone by another problem. Mm-hmm. And when you're trying to tackle one issue, if you're trying to tackle market access, you know, logistics will show you problems. If you're trying to tackle one thing, you get undone by another. So yeah. we truly believe in an ecosystem approach. We believe that the problems are very integrated. Mm-hmm. And that's why we've got three platforms. And the first one is an, an inputs app. The second one is a fresh produce marketplace, and the last one is a funded dashboard. Okay. It's meant that our journey is a lot harder and longer, but this is the bets that we're making for the future, and we, we truly believe that the industry is integrated. We're passionate about it. I mean, just the numbers around agriculture for the continent and for the world yeah. are absolutely shocking. So we are it's our, it's our day-to-day. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. Yes. Uh, maybe just a, a side note. Uh, so Kula is, in Swahili means it. I don't know what that means in... Is it? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, actually, when we, when we came up with the name, when a few suggestions, I actually came up with the Kula name. Uh-huh. And I did some research, and I remember, I think... The version of, in South Africa it means to grow. Uh, okay. I know. I think in Swahili it means kukua or something like that means yeah. to grow. Kukua I'm not sure if I'm means, wrong. Yeah, kukua means to grow. To grow, yes, yes, yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we wanted a name that could kind of resonate uh, and whatever. So I, I guess it's it's relevant because yeah, we, we do deal with food <laughs> quite a lot. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. yeah. Funny enough, in the Middle East it means uh, when a wife divorces. A husband. <laughs> so, well, <laughs> so when we go to the Middle East, we have a lot of explaining going to do. To explain a lot of things. <laughs> Interesting, though. Uh, so you mentioned your your platform is three in one. Yes. Uh, so maybe could you just take us through uh, each of the the different uh, aspects of the platform? How are they awesome. Doing? Awesome. Yeah. There's a couple of things about agriculture. So the first one is where to start, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and you've got a very you've got a, a continent that has you know two-thirds of the world's arable land. Yeah. Um, so two-thirds of land where you can plant food and it grows is here, which I yeah. think is absolutely shocking. Mm-hmm. And I think we are only using about, not more than 15% of that, which is quite shocking. Okay. Um, so you've got a massive opportunity where almost everybody in the continent depends on agriculture yeah. um, for survival, mm-hmm. or again, two-thirds again. Um, and you've got a lot of farmers, but they're not commercial. Everybody's just farming to eat. Nobody's farming for business. You know what I mean? And our inputs app is the first platform. And essentially 
it, it, it's like a toolbox, right? For everything you kind of need mm-hmm. to move from hand to mouth to building an agricultural business. So okay. all the inputs you would need, I mean, I'm talking fertilizer, seeds, animal health products, everything from fencing, I'm talking dams, tunnels, every mm-hmm. single thing you might need uh, to set your business up. Yeah. But then agriculture is also unique in the sense that you can't just buy chemicals, you can't just buy seeds, you can't just buy fertilizer. You kind of, it's like medicine, you need a doctor, you need an expert yeah. you know, to say to you, look, based on the soil results, your soil is lacking this and that, and therefore you need to apply this and that. Um, so our inputs app does two main things. It, it, it's open to all farmers. Mm-hmm. It gives farmers access to inputs mm-hmm. and access to services, right? Yeah. I think the funny thing about us is that we did not come from an agricultural background. So going in, we thought this would be a massive disadvantage. Yeah. But it was actually a huge advantage because coming into the industry, I felt like I traveled back in time. You know, right now in South Africa, when I need groceries, I use Zalzi. When I need somebody to clean my house, I use, mm. use Sip South. When I want to buy from my favorite restaurants, I use Uber Eats. Um, you know, whereas in agriculture, farmers are still driving around. And because they're in far areas mm-hmm. that are secluded, you're driving 100k to the chemical guy, 70k to the seed guy, to the fertilizer guy and whatnot. So the, in, the first platform, the input marketplace, is essentially an e-commerce platform yeah. for inputs and for services, right? Allowing farmers to access inputs and to access services that they may need for their farm okay. um, to allow them to grow, right? Yeah. And then the second one is our fresh produce marketplace. This is not open to all farmers um, because farmers need to, because primarily right now we've started with the formal market. Mm-hmm. So not every farmer can supply to a big retailer. So South Africa has a big retailer sort of market where you buy from a shop ride, from a pick and pay, from a spa. Yeah. And in order to supply those guys, you need certification. And in order to export as well, you need certification. Yeah. And the Inputs app is the toolbox to get you everything you need for you to be approved. And then once you're approved, you can then trade on our Fresh Produce Trader platform. That is not released yet. It's still in pilot. Mm-hmm. But essentially here we help connect farmers with bulk buyers so okay. they can sell to a big name retailer without needing to go and create relationships and make connections and whatnot. Um, and by the time they sell, they know who it's going to, what price it's going for. We plug into logistics providers and mm-hmm. various third-party service providers that they have access to. Yeah. The last one was almost a consequential platform in the sense that we had a lot of corporates and government and a couple of entities coming to us saying, look, we want to finance farmers. We want to help farmers, but we don't know where to find these farmers, you know? And then we realize that actually we have a very rich database. You know, from our database, we know where the farmers are. We know what they're planting. We know the land size. We know, you know, the ownership structure. We know a whole lot of issues that you know a financier would find very useful. And then yeah. we built this thing called the Funder Dashboard. It's absolutely free for financiers to use. Say you're a funder and you're looking to fund. Um, you have you have a specific mandate. You can go to the platform and say, look, I'm looking to fund a black female. Um, farmer who's doing more than two million rand in revenues yeah. and the system will show you and something very powerful happens there is if you've got a, a farmer who's deserving of funding yeah. and a funder who you know they otherwise would not have met you know the, these funders are in Santin in air-conditioned offices the farmer is out there in the woods somewhere and you kind of can link the two so it's almost a tinder for funders and for farmers and this is the suite that we put together yeah. um, and I think in essence, we're trying to build a business case for agriculture. The reason why a lot of young people aren't going into farming or even not even going to agriculture is that it looks like hard work. It looks difficult. It looks like burning in the sun. It yeah. doesn't look like there's a business case for it. It's, it's not sexy, you know. Yeah. Um, and the way to make it sexy is to build a solid business case. You know, taxis, 
Ubers, cabs, they were not sexy. You know, the, yeah. those guys were not sexy at all. Yeah. But Uber kind of came and gave you a business case. Yeah. And now you can sit as a young person and say, okay, I can pay a Toyota Corolla installment for 3,000 Rand a month. Put it on Uber, it's going to make me 30K. No brainer. You know, all of a sudden, it, the industry is a lot sexier. Yeah. So what we're trying to do overall is to build a business case, you know, that makes agriculture accessible, that converts a significant portion of these hand-to-mouth farmers, which we have in abundance, yeah. to begin doing business, you know, to begin, yeah, uh, going into into the commercial side of things. Yeah, and, and I like I like how you, you are approaching the problem because I think most of the problem that we get with... Uh, agriculture in you know in africa is we have the youth and we have the arable land yes. and most of those are moving away from that because they don't want to go into farming because you know yes. it doesn't give enough returns yes. and then on the flip side then we have investors who are saying you know uh, i don't think i'll get returns if i invest in exactly. um, in agricultural mm-hmm. um, startups or companies so yeah. i think that you guys are tackling both those uh, big problems at the same time is really, really important. Yeah, 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 no, absolutely, absolutely. I mean, you know, you've got the end customer who wants to buy from the farmer, who wants to help the farmer. Yeah. Um, you've got, and I, I think the, the key thing is to build the business case. The reason people don't go into agriculture is that it just looks like hard work. It looks difficult. Yeah. It looks like you're not going to get much back as much as you put in. Yeah. And there's no clear roadmap of, okay, if I start here, how do I go from having a piece of land to being a successful commercial farmer? Yeah. Um, and we're trying to, 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 to build a business case for that. And one of my favorite things, you know, about the industry and why I've become so passionate about it is that it, if you look at Maslow's hierarchy, it speaks to the things at the bottom. You know, it speaks to clothing, that's agriculture, it speaks yeah. to food. Yeah. You know, it speaks to things that you can't um, subscribe or well, subscribe out of. You know, it's things yeah. that you kind of have to, um, that you don't have a choice about. And yeah. Yeah, and I think that's why we're absolutely passionate about it. And I think that's why it makes a, a good business case. Even with COVID lockdowns, you know, in South Africa, we had levels one to five and level yeah. five was the worst. Yeah. And even at level five, we were operating, you know, because healthcare and food are, are things that you can't take out. And I think we now need to find a way to look at the bulk of this African population that's kind of using agriculture as a means to stay alive, yeah. to say, how do we convert that into into into, into real business? And in our climate in South Africa, it made sense to start on the formal side. But I think for the rest of Africa, you know, there's a huge informal market, op- market opportunity that you kind of need to look at. Um, but we have to start within our context and then yeah. see how we we build um, the solution for, for this context and then look at how we spread it into the rest of the world. Okay. Uh, and you mentioned uh, COVID and of course it, uh, it it really affected logistics. Yeah. And logistics, I you know, I presume is a big part of your business. Uh, so have you, how have you guys been able to, you know, work around the logistics aspects? Sheesh. I think COVID was a net positive yeah. to, to, a, to a large extent, especially for the farmers who are still operating. Yeah. I mean, I'll give you a, comp- a couple of examples. One, the industry is often very... It's very reluctant to adopt new things sometimes because mm-hmm. it's a trust-based industry. So yeah. COVID really fast-tracked digital adoption. I think we yeah. got, you know, what, what would have taken us 10 years, you know, to, to the person that would have taken us 10 years to convince, yeah. you know, within six months, they were like, okay, I need to use an app because I don't want to touch anyone and I don't want to see anybody, you know. Yeah. So on that front, for us, it did wonders. Secondly, I think for some crops, especially for exports, you know, citrus was a bumper season last year. Um, because, you know, you've got countries that don't have good agricultural climates. Mm-hmm. When COVID came out, some, for some reason, everybody believed oranges were going were gonna to <laughs> cure COVID. So now you yeah. have countries kind of bulk buying, which increased the, the price significantly. So a lot of farmers did well. 
Um, and the word disruptions on, on the logistics side, but I think for me it was a net positive because mm-hmm. the general public kind of looked at, you know, when you're sitting at home and you're not allowed to go outside, you're thinking, we still need food. You know, other farmers, for, for the first time in your life, you actually think of where does our food come from? You know, yeah. you're kind of recognizing the real need um, for farmers. And again, the digital adoption, the fast tracking was quite important. Um, I think there were some disruptions here and there, but I think, you know, from a South African perspective, we may have been a lot more shielded because we produce more than enough food to sustain us. And that's why we export yeah. a lot because we actually export more than what we keep locally because we produce so much. So it wasn't really that much of a crisis. And the government kept agriculture open and it kept us going. I think it's only rice and a few commodities that were affected. But yeah, I I don't think for us it was more of a net positive. So I I always have difficulty, (laughs) you know, saying it was a painful thing that much. But obviously, you know, to individuals and people who lost their jobs, it was very difficult. But for the industry and for tech, I think there's a lot of positives that have come out of COVID. Yeah, I think that's true. Yeah. Uh, and it's interesting that, you know, you mentioned um, the acceleration of trust because um, most of the people who, you know, were not or would not have used the technology in the first place now exactly. had no option but to consider using it. So exactly. it's, it's quite interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe uh, as, as we near the end, then what's what's next for Kula? What, what interesting things are you building? Uh, I think now, you know, we we early stage. Um, and I think, you know, we often have, I guess, very few success stories. And I think that's our difference with Silicon Valley. Yeah. That, you know, just by surviving and staying alive as a tech startup and, and growing, everybody kind of <laughs> puts you on a pedestal and kind of celebrates you and whatever. Yeah. And you, you could get the vibe that Kula's big and Kula's whatever <laughs> because there's such a shortage, you know, yeah. people coming into tech and building, you know, we're getting our first unicorns now, you know, your flat yeah. waves and your chippers. Like we actually were pioneers of, an industry that's going to be booming in 10, 15 years time. Yeah. So it's always tricky because somebody in the public eye says, oh, you're running this big tech startup. Because in the context, yes, but in the bigger picture, we still have a lot of uh, solid product market fit work that we yeah. need to do. Yeah. Um, we still you know, need to, I mean, we just raised our seed round you know, recently. Yeah. And that means we're still making the right. base case. You know, We're yeah. still stress testing the base case. And now we need to scale these assumptions that we've kind of proven within a limited sample space. So between... Where we are now and we're going, we're working towards our Series A now. Yeah. We're working towards locking down the SA market. And mm-hmm. I think after Series A, we then need to look at the rest of Africa. We need to look at Southeast Asia. We need to look at South America and, and explore opportunities there. Yeah. Um, and it's really about scaling now. That's the game we're playing now um, to say, how do we take this solution and how do we scale it? We've proven it in a particular context, but how do we scale it? So working towards our Series A, um, and yeah, we, in my view, we've still got a long way to go. Um, in my view, Absolutely. we still have a lot of work to do. Yeah. Um, but quite often you get really celebrated because there aren't that many stories to celebrate you know, <laughs> within, within an African context. And, yeah. and I think it's an exciting time for me because I, I really feel we're pioneers. Yeah. Um, I feel where we are, where the U.S. was, you know, in the 80s and the 70s when Bill Gates was in his garage and, yeah. you know, and Microsoft came out and everybody was like Microsoft and then Apple, you know, I feel like Chippa, Flutterwave, you know, um, Yoko, Yoko, all these stories, you know, aerobotics were in that. I feel like we're, we're, yeah, we're where the U.S. was 30, <laughs> 30 years ago. And, and yeah. for me, it's absolutely exciting to be a part of that. And I'm really hoping that we can build Kula to be one of those giants that will come out of that period. But the work... The road is still long um, yeah. and there's still a lot of work to do, but we're absolutely excited to be to be pioneers. 
amazing. But it's also very important to also tell our stories and celebrate uh, exactly, entrepreneurs yeah. because yeah. Uh, I think they go hand in hand uh, because once we have the hype, which, you know, of course, it goes back, you know, there's, there's a lot of work yeah. that goes on day to day, but yeah. uh, the net positive for the ecosystem is that then there's more funds in the US, in the UK, yeah. uh, in Europe that are looking at then investing in Africa. Yeah. And that can only happen if we actually tell our stories. No, absolutely. I think yeah. even for people listening, you know, if you're having doubts, I think it's it's a good climate to come into. I mean, even now we've just raised, and people will see an article in TechCrunch that you've just raised and and offer you money, but it's like, don't you understand that that article is saying we've raised? You know what I mean? So there is a lot of um, interest, and because there aren't that many startups, there is a lot of you know. I think the the Western world is looking at new frontiers, at new yeah. markets, and I think Africa is very much an untapped market. Yeah. So even for people who are perhaps doubting, I think it's it, it's the right time. To come in, you know, you're actually buying very early or you're coming in at a very early stage. Yeah. And I think there's going to be a lot of stories to tell. And if you focus on building a solution that solves a real pain point, that solves a real problem mm-hmm. and that's scalable, yeah. I think you'll do pretty well because the capital is there, just that the solution needs to have a good base case. And I think the Yoko's, the aerobotics, the chippers, the flutters, and everybody, the pay stacks and whatnot, yeah. they, they, they're proving that African startups can actually can build, actually can build unicorns, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think for me, it's an exciting time. I'm excited about agriculture. I'm excited about tech. And like I said, I feel like we are where the U.S. was, you know, 40 years ago when, <laughs> you know, the Bill Gates and the Amazons in 94, you know what I mean? I feel like that's where we are. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I'm excited to be part of that era. And I would encourage anybody, you know, who has, the grit and the guts to get into entrepreneurship, I think it's a brilliant time to do it. Yeah. And I, and I think there's, there's obviously that shift because a few years back we'd be, we'd be talking about, you know, how difficult it is to raise. But really now, in as much as that's still a problem that we haven't solved fully, uh, the conversation is more about do we have enough high growth startups that yes. can, you know, that founders can exit or that <laughs> can then, you know, go to CD, CD exactly. uh, or eventually list. Yeah. Exactly. So I think the, that conversation is changing. And for an ecosystem, you know, as a whole, uh, yeah. for, for a founder in Kenya, in Ghana, in, in Rwanda, uh, you know, uh, your idea is valid. Uh, go out, build and exactly. know, I mean, come. I mean, we, we dropped out. <laughs> I dropped out of university, I think it was in 2015. Yeah. And everybody in my life that cares about me, then that I care about was like, you are crazy. <laughs> you know, we dropped out. And, and, and it, I look back on that now, you know, uh-huh. and, and I'm thinking, sheesh, now there's like a whole tech ecosystem in SA, you know, yeah. there's, we're like a community of people that meet up, have coffee, have events, have, but back then, you know, we're kind of like alone. And, alone, yeah. and by back then, I mean, 2015, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I yeah. think for me, I've just, I've, just, I've just seen a massive, massive uptake. And I think from what we did, I look yeah. at our university, like in the University of Cape Town, uh-huh. we gave a lot of people permission to do the same because yes. we kind of dropped out. Even I was like, no way, no way, no way, no uh-huh. way. And then now they're saying, okay, things are going well, things are going well. Yeah. And then and now they follow. And then, you know, by, by coming into the industry, by building good solutions, you give permission. And, you know, one of the Yoko guys is on our board and I always tell him, you gave us permission. Like we're looking at you. I'm looking at how your website is designed. I'm looking yes, at your business model. Exactly. I'm looking at Chipper. And I'm like, what? I'm listening to podcasts. What are they saying? <laughs> oh, they struggled like me. And they, whatever. You know what I mean? And by watching them, yeah. you know, they're giving me permission that you can get to series A, that you can get to series B, series yeah. D, that you can build a global giant. You know what I mean? And I think the tide has changed from Dangote and mining and whatever. And, you know, physical 
gold and coal and these guys are, are giving permissions and I think perhaps even I might not see people behind me but they're looking at me and yeah, they're saying look you're giving me I think we're giving each other permission and I think I can't stress it enough like it's an exciting time we are where the US was 40 years ago and it's just it's booming you know and we we, we made the this year's cohort of the Google Accelerator mm-hmm. and I'm just in rooms with all these African entrepreneurs and I'm thinking you know I've never been to that country but you and me have the same problem, you know, we've got the same problem, the same challenges. You worried about co-founder issues, yeah. you worried about ESOP, I'm thinking, man, I've got the talent, yeah. and you know what I mean, and, and this, and I'm thinking, we're the same, you know, you realize how similar we are, yeah. and, 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 and I think the, you know, things going digital has now allowed me to, you know, identify and have a friend who's running a startup in Rwanda, who's running a startup elsewhere, and I'm realizing our problems are actually very similar. Yeah. I mean, by seeing what they're doing, I'm like, there's actually an army of us, you know, yeah. in different geographics across the continent. And I'm just excited about where the continent is going. Um, and I think the one thing we mustn't lose, you know, Africa has, it needs African solutions, you know, so yeah. our solutions also need to look in a way, you need to have uh, an African flavor that, that, yeah. that they're relevant to our people. And, yeah, yeah and it's, it's an exciting time. And I think movies will be made from this era of what's happening right now <laughs> down the line. So I'm, I'm absolutely excited to be a part of it. Thanks. Thanks a lot, Caritas, again cool. uh, for the time. I really enjoyed our discussion. Awesome. Uh, I don't know if you have any last words or if we can uh, close it at that. If anybody's listening and you're waiting for a sign, this is your sign. Do it. <laughs> if you're doubting and you want to be a startup, the sign I'm your sign. The sign you've been waiting for. Now's the time to do it. Amazing. Thank awesome. you very much again. Cool, uh, that's Caritas from Kula. Uh, thanks for everyone who joined this podcast. See you next time. Awesome.